Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. How often have you wondered what exactly is a milkshake duck? Welcome to the show, fellow ridiculous historians. And uh, by the time this episode is over, you will know what a milkshake duck is. But I don't think we should spoil it just yet. No, I mean, I, I just learned it myself, Ben. Um, apparently, it's part of the zeitgeist. It's a very, very current creation. And you're Noel. That's me. We are not milkshake ducks ourselves. I don't think so. Neither of, one would hope, neither, of course, is super producer Casey Pegram. When we were bandying this story about, at first I was a little concerned that it might be, and I pitched part of this, I, I was a little concerned that it might be too close thematically to some things we had done fairly recently. Like the one where the guy tried to start an island nation? <laughs> similar, similar, similar. Um Sorry, I have the tune to Darkwing Duck stuck in my head, but it's Milkshake Duck. Milkshake Duck. Let's get dangerous. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So our story begins with a fellow named Gustav Broman. Or as I like to call him, Broman. Mm -hmm. So Gustav Broman uh, makes big news. We don't know a ton about his, uh, maybe his early life, but we do know when he popped in the eyes of the media. And that was in 1895. He made a... Uh, a pretty uh, astonishing and ambitious claim. He did. He claimed, or dare I say he announced unequivocally that he would sail a 13-foot-long boat made from a cedar log across the Atlantic Ocean. This is big news, my friend. Big poppin' news. He decreed it. Yeah. It a feeding frenzy. And remember, you know, the late 1800s, this is a time when these sorts of stunts are tremendously popular, Right. So he would ride this log, which he called the Gustav Adolf II, in honor of, of course, the king of Sweden, right? Where yeah. else would you name a canoe? But here's the thing. His plan seemed pretty ridiculous just, just from the beginning. So here, here's how he pitched his decree. He said, 
I am going to sail across the Atlantic in this amazing boat I've made from a cedar log. I'm going to start in Coos Bay, Oregon, which was then known as Marshfield. And then I'm going to sail down the coast to San Francisco. Notice the Atlantic is nowhere in the picture here yet. Not yet. And then he says, then I'm going to hop on a train with the boat and take the train across the country to New York. So he's got a 13-foot boat. How, how is he transporting this thing? He's, he's like, he's, he's got a, a shipping container for yeah, it Yeah, it's like something? a freight. He's taking it on the, ra- he's hitting the rails with it. Got yeah. it. So this, <laughs> this idea um, seems, seems pretty weird. Like, why wouldn't you just start in New York? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's almost as though he's got ulterior motives, Ben. <laughs> almost. And uh, this is where we learned a really weird phrase or a phrase that was unfamiliar to us. Do you remember that quote uh, that was published about Gustav's journey, which said, if arrangement can be made with the overland railroads upon his arrival in San Francisco, he will place machinery in his boat or put her on wheels and by the use of naphtha or electricity run her direct to New York by rail and then prepare for a transatlantic voyage. I'm sorry, naphtha? Right. So what the heck is naphtha? At first, I was confused because there's a brand of laundry soap called Fels Naphtha, which is used for treating stains, but naphtha is a flammable liquid hydrocarbon mixture. So it's... So it's like a fuel? Yeah, it's a fuel. Natural gas, petroleum distillates, distillation, coal tar, and peat, and in different areas and regions and different times, it could also just be a a word for crude oil or refined products like kerosene. So let's amend this on my part. He was riding the rails, but he was going to make his boat into a miniature train car. That was part of his shtick. So it would actually ride the rails itself independently. Right. On wheels. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see that. People have done that. There's a, um, I have some car stuff episodes in the back about like a rocket sled on rails and things of that nature. But what happened next? What, how did he get all this? How did he accomplish all these amazing things? Well, Ben, he didn't, my friend. He just <laughs> didn't. It was a, what they call a fool's errand. It was almost as though, no, it was as though he never really intended on uh, having success in any of these. Because you, you, like you said earlier, it seems a little like he's going around as, you know, something to get to as something else, right? Yeah. And uh, why do it this way? It just seems utterly wrongheaded. And it was. And he had no intention of completing this mission. Right. 4,000 people reportedly came to watch him attempt to sail down the coast again to San Francisco. Uh, His ship, which was pretty impractical, was immediately blown into a sandbar far enough from shore that nobody could get close enough to ask him what was going on. So he just kind of hung out there for a while. He was out of reach. (laughs) He was out of reach from any assistance. And then finally, luckily, the tides were on his side and they kind of got him moving again. Mm -hmm. The tides got him moving again. And on March 14th of 1895, he arrived in San Francisco Aboard the steamer Arcata. Wait, not on not on the Gustav Adolf? No, it was in the cargo. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a little it's a little suspicious. So the LA Times reported that the captain of the steamer had taken Gustav Broman aboard to prevent him from drowning as his boat 
capsized over and over and over again. We're getting some of this info from a fantastic article on Slate.com called Meet Gustav Broman, the 19th Century Man Who Attempted to Cross the Atlantic in a Log Boat by Matthew Desum. And there's some great excerpts from reporting from the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good AP headline we're going to get to in a little bit that just makes me, fills me with, with joy. But uh, here's a little excerpt from the San Francisco call piece. Um, they were not feeling uh, Mr. Broman's boat situation or his uh, – what do you call somebody that makes boats? A, bo- a ship a, a maker? Boatman? A, a shipwright. Boat, a shipwright. Is that what it is? A, a shipwright or a boatwright? Like what's so. the difference between a ship and a boat? That's, that, well, get, that's yeah. a good question. I would say this is more of a boat. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's give him some credit. Let's call him a boatwright. A boatwright. Um, they took issue with his boatwrighting skills uh, <laughs> and, and had this to say. The craft fitted with contrivances never before seen on land or sea, and having more depth than beam, is about as safe for passenger service as a bale of hay. <laughs> they said, they laughed. Not content with the natural crankiness consequent upon its unship-like construction, the architect has riveted brass chain <laughs> plates and other articles to the rail and deck. Absurd! which further raises her center of gravity, making her an elegant and graceful capsizer. If it is safe to say that the bold navigator will navigate his uncanny and uninteresting craft into some fake museum, they are really giving it to him here, and it would be proven that she was designed not for ocean travel, but for the midway nickel trade. <laughs> and then they had a good laugh. So you ad-libbed a, a lot of that. Yeah. I really appreciate how uh, you were going from Matt Barry at the beginning. Sure. I think. Yeah. Um, that's a true description. Yeah. Like that's, that's, we have to emphasize that you can, you can feel the snark on the San Francisco call, but everything they're saying about this log boat is absolutely accurate. No, it's true. I was just more tickled by the very haughty, totty nature of the sick burns in this yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying, like snarky. And they have that one line in the end um, from that excerpt says, she was designed not for ocean travel, but for the midway nickel trade. And they were right that this boat seemed designed for something else, but they didn't know what the actual scheme was. You see, Gustav Broman, again, his real name as far as we know, was sort of already a celebrity, just not in boating circles. He was a celebrity to law enforcement. Police across California knew about this guy, and as soon as his boat made the news, his, uh, what is it, his elegant capsizing boat? That's right. Law enforcement contacted reporters and gave them the hitherto unknown, full details of Broman's life story. And this is where it gets stranger and stranger. Uh, we mentioned that earlier AP wire headline, which is, which is beautiful. A Russian Finn. He is a funny kind of finny cuss. Oh, a finny cuss. A finny cuss. Yeah. But there is a method in his cussedness, for with all his evil <laughs> doings, he always comes out on top. Uh-huh. So this is where we learn about Gustav Broman. And his rap sheet that was like a mile long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you want to walk through some of these examples? Boy, howdy, do I. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, a funny kind of finny cuss indeed. Uh, so apparently he was known all over California for running a series of varying degrees of bonkers scams. 
<laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm laughing, but like one of them in particular is really cold blooded, right, Ben? Yes, one is definitely not. Look, we are often tempted to paint hilarious, cartoonish con artists as what they are, you know, buffoons. But we have to remember that a lot of these people are cold blooded. Right. So this is a reptilian thing. Gustav Broman makes his law enforcement debut in San Pedro, Los Angeles County. He is arrested for or he had a hotel keeper arrested for robbing him of a hundred dollars. But then later in court, it was proved there was nothing more than a blackmailing scheme that Broman had come up with to try to extort money from the hotel. Uh, he ended up getting caught essentially sleeping around with several women and citizens, when they found out about his deceptive nature, literally tarred and feathered him and drove him out of town. Wait, people really did that? Yeah, people did that. That's amazing. That's not an expression. So not only was he a cuss, he was also a lech. Yes, he was both a cuss and a lech. A lecherous cuss. A lecherous cuss, or a, <laughs> a, a cussed lech, right? I like that a lot, Ben. A cusserous lech? Sure. No, we're just churchifying I words so. at this I point. So. But I like I like cusserous. It's like a a filthy susserous, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, so this this although it may sound endearing because there's that instant karma that hits him. Uh, this is, doesn't really illustrate the true nature of this guy's behavior. The real reptilian stuff occurs in Santa Cruz where he and his brother lived in what was described as a shanty. Yeah, and uh, th there's a, some outdated language in this one. The, uh, the AP refers to his brother as an imbecile, which today would obviously be considered a pretty nasty pejorative, but at the time it was like it was actually a medical diagnosis, I believe, right? That is correct, yeah. yeah. For somebody with developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair way of uh, saying it, Ben? That's a very fair way of putting it. Um, it comes from the Latin word imbecilis, meaning weak or weak-minded. And at the time, it included people at an IQ of between 26 and 50, according to the testing methods they used. That's right. And I believe there was even a time where people that were categorized as that were sterilized. There was forced sterilization mm -hmm. of uh, folks that were classified as being of lower IQ. It was a whole thing. Yeah, and if you have the morbid interest in this, we can break it down for you. At the time when people used this, uh, this sort of terminology as a, a description of cognitive ability, as they saw it, imbecile was in between idiot and moron. So an idiot was an IQ of 0 to 25, imbecile 26 to 50, and moron was 51 to 70. So these were, these pejoratives have very specific meanings. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, they were more or less like DSM level um, diagnoses or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, terms. Anyway, um, so Gustav's brother was in that, was that in the middle category of what you just yeah. mentioned? Yep, yep. Yeah. So he was certainly not someone that could fully take care of himself. And his brother really took advantage of that in, in the most ungodly, awful way you could possibly imagine. Yes, he committed, he quite possibly we have to say that he quite possibly committed fratricide. He took out two insurance policies on his brother's life, one for $5,000 and the other for $3,000. And let's, let's go to a handy inflation calculator here just to see how much money that actually was. All right, Casey, if we could have that handy-dandy inflation calculator sound cue, please, so people know it's working and we're not just making this up. Perfect. $3,000 in the 1890s would equal 
a little bit more than $86,000, and $5,000 would equal around $143,000, almost $144,000. So these were significant amounts of money. He took these two insurance policies out on his brother's life, and then what happened not a month later? Yeah, the shanty uh, burned to the ground with uh, the brother uh, inside, and he was also burned to the ground. The insurance companies say, this is sketchy. Yeah, of course it was. It's never, it's it's always a red flag when you take out an insurance policy on someone, and then a month later they die in a tragic accident. That's that's not a good look for Gustav. And so the insurance companies say, we're not going to pay this is ridiculous. Uh, the cops arrest Broman, and he is charged with arson and murder, and it does go to trial. Yeah, and um, there's a woman at the trial who um, really reads him the riot act and gives a very strongly worded testimony against him, um, but he received a new trial, and uh, she kind of changed her tune a little bit, <laughs> almost as though she were coerced or arm twisted in some way ben is that is that what you're yeah, thinking here or, or turned uh you, you know you can flipped is what they call it in the mob right right nobody ever went broke betting on other people's moral failings you know what i mean so he was discharged he got the insurance money and then afterwards they learned that the woman changed her testimony because he had promised to give her uh, a large a large lump of scratch a piece yeah a vig yeah, oh my goodness this guy <laughs> if she would not testify against him on that uh, on that second go round that's right Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. 
To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And then he, I guess, maybe cleaned up his act a little bit, Noel, because he moved to San Francisco and decided he was going to be a decent man. Well, he was a, he was a wealthy man at this point, right? He got those, uh, those insurance payouts. That's true. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It wasn't, it, would, it wasn't like a millionaire no, money. No, no, no. But enough to start a new life in a new, in a new town, right? Sure, at that time. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he met a nice lady, met a nice, uh, nice woman. Mm -hmm. She was named, you will hear alternately described as Mrs. Leroy or simply Mrs. Roy. Mm. Uh, She was both a widow and wealthy. Ah, The old (laughs) marry the wealthy widow scam. Mm -hmm. Moved on to that one. WW. Nope. Which is the origin of the IRS tax form, the W-2. Yeah. Is that true? Probably, maybe. Okay. I, okay. I'm, I'm going to choose to believe that, because <laughs> that's what I do. So what happened? What happened? Well, what happened was he uh, he put a ring on it, on Mrs. Leroy, <laughs> uh, a, a quite uh, a big a big old rock, a very valuable diamond ring. So things look to be, um, you know, optimistic, trending toward perhaps a happy ending. If we want to believe in the inherent goodness of all people. Well, you mean the idea that people change, that people can change for the better? <laughs> right. What is it you always say, Ben? People don't really change. They people just become more people. We say people change, and that's true, but it's a misnomer. As time goes on, we become more concentrated versions of ourselves. Yeah, it seems like it was happening with our boy, <laughs> our boy Broman here. Possibly. The police did not believe that he had turned over a new leaf. They had heard that Broman was back in town. <laughs> They're like, we got our eye on you, Broman. Because this is the time. This is the, the time in American history where you could actually have someone go into a town, and then one of the townspeople say, "You got a lot of nerves showing your face around here." You know what I mean? I don't oh, know yeah. if that still happens yeah. in the U.S. anymore. That's probably where the expression "get right out of town" came from. <laughs> we should bring that back. That's yeah. good. I, I like to use it from time to time. I, you know what? I think it fits. I think it's really well done. No, no, but I only use it in anger when I want someone to literally leave town forever. I oh. say, I say, but I say it in kind of a funny way, so they are, they're typically confused. They're probably getting mixed messages. I go, yeah. I go, get right out of town. And then they go, huck, huck, and I'm like, no, go. I, I, I don't want you here. <laughs> well, I hope you don't have too many of those situations, man. It, it sounds like a real, real weird Larry David moment. Ben, I, I am flush with enemies, sir. <laughs> You're flush with enemies. Yep. Well, then you might have something in common with Broman. I hope none of your enemies are in law enforcement. They they say, you know, we know what you're doing. You have a lot of noive coming back here. And we don't have anything on you yet, but we know how you operate, Gustav. So we strongly advise you to leave the state. Don't make this ugly. Yeah, you're right, Ben. He he was definitely flushed with enemies. Uh, it's, it looks almost as though he never met a man or woman uh, that uh, he didn't turn into an enemy. As it as, as it turns out, though, the woman from Santa Cruz, who herself not a particularly law abiding citizen, true, she flouted the law, flipped her testimony in exchange for ill gotten blood money. 
you know, from the cold-blooded burning alive of a person with a uh, developmental disability. She was going to just take that money and run with it. Um, but, hey, surprise, surprise, she got her instant karma, too, and he didn't pay. <laughs> Could have told her that was coming. Yeah, not exactly a Shyamalan no, plot twist. uh-uh. So she came a gun in for him, didn't she, Ben? Mm-hmm. And he knew— Or he, a knife in. He knew that the cops were on the way. Uh, this this air, angry person from Santa Cruz was threatening to kill him. And uh, if she really wanted to burn down the house, she could also take him to jail for witness tampering, um, knowing that she would get charged with perjury. So he took he took the famous advice that so many sketchy people have received or given to one another throughout the, the years— and he hightailed it for Mexico. He went south of the border. He went down south to get out of the heat. You know what I mean? Wait for it to die down. Totally. And there he would remain, Ben, for uh, a year's time. I don't know. I don't know why I'm talking like this. I think it's from the AP report that we read in the old timey language. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of like lapsing into that a little bit. A, year, then, a year's time. And there he took his constitutional. Indeed. For the better part of four seasons. A year's time. <laughs> And as the seasons passed and the heat dissipated, so Broman sallied forth yet again for these states united. Mopping his brow (laughs) against the heat of the Mexican sun. Yes, yes. And so he returned to California. He was next heard of in Sacramento. Sacramento, which is the state capital of California. There we go. Nailed it. Huh? Uh, Casey, can we get a correct answer game show? That's perfect. How about, how about, how about can I get a little round of applause too? A little <laughs> pat on the back sound? No, it's fine. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You can if you want to. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks, Casey. So, Broman has returned and he's been living in Sacramento. He had been visiting the house of a woman whose last name was Brown and he went to the chief of police with a story and he said, Look, I know we have a history, but I am coming to you as a victim, chief. I've been robbed. I've been robbed of eight grand. You got to help me. Eight large? <laughs> yeah, eight big ones. And big ones. What's some other uh, colloquialisms for $1,000? Eight. Uh, oh, in some writing, it would be M-I-L, but it doesn't make sense spoken. Fair. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, we could make some up. Um, semolinas. There you go. Yeah. Isn't semolina the stuff that's in pasta? Yeah, there's also semolina flour. Yeah, okay, that's why. That's, that's what it is. It's yeah. the flour that's, that, that makes the pasta. <laughs> Let's. We should keep going. Oh, I'm, I have a question for you. Ben. Yes. What's the point of different pasta shapes? Oh, some of them hold sauces better ah, okay. in different ways because it's really it's like surface area. I've always been wondering that. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Thank that's you. what I. That's what I heard. I'm also just making this up. And I want to come clean with everybody. I don't know if W two stands for wealthy widow. Um, write to your local IRS agent and ask them. Yeah, they'll they'll they'll, be, they'll get right back to you, I'm sure. <laughs> tell them we tell them tell them it's a matter of national security. Man, we're really uh, we're really dog paddling on this one, are we? <laughs> wait, well, wait, 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 we got that Broman Broman though. This is an interesting turn, right? He goes to the cops. He, he of does. all people. He did. What? Yeah. Why would he do that? Because he said he got robbed of eight semolinas <laughs> large. But this man's on a, the bolo list at every <laughs> sheriff's office from Tijuana to San Luis Obispo. <laughs> and speaking of uh, like different times, not only to, uh, do the officers agree to investigate this house with him, but they let him come along as they execute the search warrant. That's not done. That's not normal. No. I couldn't do that. I don't think they would do that. It was a different time. It was a different time. So what happens when they go in there? 
Well, the uh, the detectives searched detectives, officers, whatever you want to call them. Uh-huh. They they searched the premises and they found uh, twenty bucks in gold, Ooh. which, which is kind of a lot if you do the inflation thing. What's that about two hundred bucks? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm just spitballing it here. You want to do it for real? Oh uh, yeah, let's do it for real. Why not? So $20 in, again, around the 1890s would be $575.06. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so you know, a decent little haul. Um, and he, Broman told them that he, this was something he did. He's like the, he's like the crazy old lady that keeps all our money in, in a mattress. Only he keeps his under the carpet or hidden beneath the floorboards. Because of experience, right? Well, he'd been robbed. I wonder why. (laughs) He said, oh, see, you believe me now. I got robbed once before, and since then, I always mock my coin. Mm -hmm. Meaning what? Like like he writes his name on it? (laughs) Like he maybe puts a specific scratch on it? So you can say, I I got dibsies. Those are mine. (laughs) I hate touching change so much. I I can't imagine doing that. Would you consider a gold piece change, though? I would probably have to just suck it up. And touch it. Like yeah. put it in your mouth? Yeah, no. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I've tri- triggered you. Well, uh, no, he told the officer to look behind a mirror, and then the officer found a diamond ring. The police said, okay. Clear. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry to interrupt. Did he have to tell the officers, this is definitely my coin because this is what the marking looks like? Yes. Yeah, he did that. Okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you now. I'm back. I'm back in it. Because that proved he was associated, right? Yeah, totally. But the police for some reason, still did not believe he was on the up and up. And they said, you know what? I think he's, I don't know what he's getting up to, but he's up to something by gum. I mean, did he really think he was going to like bamboozle some actual police officers to help him rob somebody's house? Doesn't that seem kind of seem like what's going on here? (laughs) So he's a real bold fella, this Gustav Broman. So an officer came from Sacramento to obtain his record at the at the request of uh at the request of the police and remember mrs leroy or mrs roy the yeah. widow on vallejo uh-huh, street of she gets subpoenaed she didn't ask for any of this ben she did not she's just a wealthy widow caught in this man's crossfire you know <laughs> so, it's not right it's not right so it turns out broman had the widow arrested for stealing the diamond ring that he gave her i'm sorry <laughs> All class. You're just adding insult to injury with All this guy. All class. God, what a, a D. What a giant D. Yeah. And the judge was like, lady, you know, this is these this is tough. This is tough all around. You should have Broman arrested for perjury. So, you know, she swore out a warrant, but apparently it was never solved, and the case in Sacramento was dismissed. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, 
attempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back to the top of the story. Yes. I'm a little confused about what he had to gain from this whole log jamming situation. Ah, there's an answer. Oh, good. There's an answer. Go okay. Ahead. So I was confused too because it was like, I don't quite, his schemes seem to become more and more ridiculous. Yeah. You know, increasingly yeah. circuitous. Uh -huh, exactly. I always mock my coin. <laughs> mock my coin. <laughs> I pee on all of them. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's very strange. Yeah. It's like uh, Tommy Wiseau and the spoons, uh -huh. you know. Uh, but here is the theory. The theory comes from a guy named Detective Anthony, who was one of the many law enforcement officials familiar with Broman's escapades. This detective believes that Broman had purposely made a terribly, terribly substandard boat uh -huh. because he wanted it to look like the kind of thing that would easily sink because he was planning on the boat to be found bottom up in some beach and uh, he was going to essentially commit pseudocide. 
Ah, our favorite yeah. portmanteau. Yeah. The, the word for faking one's death. Yeah. Detective Anthony specifically says, Broman will probably have his life insured for a big sum, and after the boat is found, a Confederate will apply for the insurance money, and he and Broman will share it. That is my belief from my knowledge of this man. Question. Sorry, I keep asking all these yeah, questions. Yeah. I think this is important. Yeah. Why do this so conspicuously? Why make a big show of it? So we like, could have like, a I, bunch of witnesses. That I guess. makes no sense. <laughs> oh, witnesses to his sad demise. Yes. Okay, I guess that makes a little. So more it's sense. like, oh, uh, four thousand people really did see him do it, and now, now it, we see why he was going to sail down the coast of San Francisco right. first, and then made up this cockamamie story about what he was going to do by turning his boat into a rail car. He had yeah. no intention of doing that. No, he wanted somewhere between uh, Marshfield and San Francisco uh, for his boat. He wanted to disappear and have his boat wash up on a remote area you got to give this guy at least a little bit of credit for his massive massive uh cojones <laughs> that's true See, yeah. that's what that just so so massive that's probably what kept capsizing the boat <laughs> quite possibly no. yeah quite possibly yeah so how does detective anthony's theory measure up it up it measures. <laughs> it uh, measures? Uh-huh. It's yeah. a, what happened? What happened? Well, yeah, he had a $15,000 life insurance policy that he took out on himself from the United States Accident Insurance Association. Uh, when, when, upon discovering this whole scheme, promptly canceled his policy. Probably a good business move to do that. Surely this guy's reputation for insurance fraud, or at least his, like— Because here's the thing. even When you get paid out for insurance policies— doesn't that make it harder to get insured again? I guess he insured his brother before, though. But what yeah. a, what a series of red flags! You think? Well, that's the that's the tough thing. Um, there's a great book called Playing Dead, uh-huh. which details the ways in which people can attempt to fake their deaths. And the thing that gets most people caught is when they attempt to receive some kind of money from an insurance agency or a will. Because to do that, you have to have someone you can trust who is able to collect for you. And they don't really have any compelling reason to uh, hold up their side of the bargain. You know what I mean? I do. It's also very, very difficult to fake your death, just in case you were wondering, what can I in this modern age do to make my life more interesting? Don't try to, don't try to fake your death. So that may be in lieu of a uh, comic book recommendation. We could just do a book recommendation. Yeah. You read books? <laughs> Plain Dead. I read a Plain Dead, A Journey Through the World of Death Fraud by yeah. Elizabeth Greenwood. Weren't we going to maybe have an opportunity to interview Ms. Greenwood? We did. We did. On stuff that I want you to know? Uh-huh. Yeah. It never quite happened. It was That was, that was our fault, I think. Right? I think we were the ones who dropped the ball. And now it's like sort of like forgetting someone's name and then knowing them for years and then having to find – it's, it's too late. You can't ask them anymore. We can follow – I can follow up with the email thread from 2016. I have an idea. What's your idea? Let's do it for this show and then <laughs> it'll be like a fresh start. There we go. And let's pretend to be different people. How about that? What's your what's your alter ego of choice lately? Oh, man, I'm not going to say it. Max on Powers, astronaut with a secret. Oh, that's a go-to. Yeah, yeah. Max Powers, uh, astronaut with a secret. Yeah, my, mine is Neil Braun. Neil Braun. Neil Braun. There we go. I'm a I'm a uh, a German attaché. Nice, I like it. Or maybe I'll be 
uh, Swedish. Nice, nice. Well done. I have been using the alias Casey Pegram for quite some time. And I'm sorry about that, Casey. Uh, I did have to stop. I don't know which one of us it was, but the uh, the heat got pretty bad at JFK. Oh, boy. Yeah. You've sullied my good name. <laughs> I think you sullied my uh, fantastic alias, Casey. Or maybe there's a third Casey Pegram out there. There is. I've seen him on Google. What? Yeah. Oh, that's the one then. I was just having fun at a uh, at a Applebee's. You like Applebee's too? Uh, yeah. You know, I'll go to an Applebee's. What's their signature uh, appetizer? Chicken uh, crispers? Chick, yeah, some kind of chicken thing. We have to ask Paul, yeah. Paul Deccan about Paul that. Paul Mission Control Deccan is a huge fan of the Applebee's. Because apparently when you're there, your family, no, that's Olive Garden. That's what, Olive Garden. What are you at Applebee's? Uh, it's your friendly neighborhood grill. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and by the way, I love the uh, mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks are usually, you can't really mess up mozzarella sticks, though. I've seen it happen. It's, it's no, a No, it, it can happen. Really? They've, uh, yeah. But they do a good job of it over at the Bees. You like their... Um, at the Bees. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're saying is they have a nice crispy exterior and a nice soft gooey interior, and they're not so hot that they burn the roof of your mouth. And they're evenly cooked. And are they are seasoned well? Yeah, all the above. Okay. So one time, this this has nothing to do with the story of Gustav. No, we're, we're done, right? We're basically we're just kind of we're just riff, we're just now talking, we're just talking about talking how we about enjoy the Applebee's or other chain restaurants. Should so, we bring in uh, some other restaurants? Well, I, I wanted to, this thing about Applebee's for a long time. I thought Paul was just pretending to like it, but he's serious. We were on a video shoot one day, and Casey, were you at that one? Absolutely, I was. Yeah. yeah. So we were on a video shoot one day years back, and um, I think I was I was field producing or something. I said, okay, well, we've we've wrapped this up. This is a great shoot. Uh, it's time it's time to grab lunch. And we jokingly suggested to Paul that there was an Applebee's nearby. He lost his mind, and he had this this shining, almost noble, childlike glee. I looked at it more as the 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 look of a madman. It's very similar. Yeah, it's very Kinda eyes glazed over. Yeah, weird rictus smile. And we went, and I think his his joy, his jubilation was contagious. So if you ever want to make Paul Deccan stay, or apparently Casey Pegrams, then uh, just uh, send us some send us some Applebee's tickets. <laughs> Is that the right word? Gift cards or something? Gift yeah. cards. Yeah, <laughs> you can buy those at your friendly neighborhood Kroger, or CVS, even. Yeah, or you could just leave us a, a review on your podcast app of choice. Yeah, please do. And uh, <laughs> don't 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 be too harsh on us for this little rambling tangent of an ending of the episode. We don't do it that often, I don't think. And we're having a good time. We're at the very end of the year. And, and the end of our ropes. And there are so many there are so many casual dining restaurants that we didn't get to mention. What about Bob Evans? Was that the one that's uh, <laughs> that's like only in like Pennsylvania, maybe Canada or something. Midwest and stuff, yeah. Their uh, slogan is, everybody is somebody at Bob Evans. Oh, that's, you know, the intonation very, feels sinister. It's also very like, yeah, it's, it's, it, we, we're, all, we're all people. We're all here at Bob Evans. Let's have some pancakes. It's almost existential. Yeah. yeah we, uh, are, we are punchy as can be today. I love it. The universe is chaotic and meaningless at Bob Evans. At Bob Evans. <laughs> Ben, um, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. But you yeah. know what, dude? What, no. This is the, no, it's not true. We're going to record no, two more. No, it's true. Yeah. We no. have, this is the third. This is the Christmas episode, if you want to plug that. Oh. Oh. Casey says it's Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, very popular holiday. Very popular holiday. Uh, you know, 
celebrated by the the religious and the secular alike. Oh, especially so, in the U.S. Especially in the U.S. So, um, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you want to call it, to oh, you and yours. I hope you are having a wonderful time on uh, one more orbit round the sun. And as you look back on 2018, we hope you find it uh, more full of fond memories than unpleasant ones. Uh, we hope that you regardless of your personal beliefs get some get some quality time in with your family if you have that favorite movie you watch or you have that favorite board game or that family tradition get together and play it yeah happy holidays uh all the best from all of us to all of you should old acquaintance be forgot on days of old langston langs langs sign gustav broman there you go <laughs> oh, oh 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 before we go this is, <laughs> we had to actually travel back in time. We actually never even explained what the milkshake duck was. Right, to make this correction, because, uh, and that was, uh, I had explicitly promised that. It was the first sentence of the show. Uh, so to explain what a milkshake duck is, we have to give a shout out to a Twitter feed called A Very Pixelated Boat Christmas. And this, no, no, you said you had never heard of this before. No, I only heard of it like the other day. Super producer Casey Pegram turned me on to it. And I think, you know what, uh, Casey, if you're okay with it, uh, could you read the tweet that gave us the phrase milkshake duck? Yeah, so this is a tweet originally tweeted out June 12th of 2016, and it has already kind of entered the internet lexicon as like shorthand for this phenomenon. So it says, the whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you the duck is racist. Oh, man. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Yes. So Gustav Broman, in that case, in this sense, is a milkshake duck because he was, for a very brief time, this American hero. Yeah. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.